Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to Quiet, Please. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hiya, boys. Nice day for golf, eh? Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the... Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. (laughs) And the ball has fallen, folks. And we are kicking off the new year of Quiet, Please podcast. And we're going to be doing a look, little look back this year. Who, who hit the best shot? Who deserved player of the year? Who had the best round? All kinds of great topics. Also, a little looking ahead with 2024 majors. Who's going to get it done? And we might even talk about caddies. They're a breed of all of their own. And there's no better person to talk about that than my guest panelist, who's just happened to be playing medalist again this week, uh, Andy Hydorn. Hello, Andy. Hello, fellas. Brendan Elliott, the most accomplished golf writer and little linkster <laughs> extraordinaire. Hi, guys. <laughs> and I am Alan DePew. We are missing a couple of our boys. Under the weather, on assignment, they're everywhere. Yep, everywhere. All right, Andy. First of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us off path. I was medalist once again. Tell us how the terrible time you had having breakfast with Matthew Wolf. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just surreal being there. And can I just say that Matthew Wolf is possibly like the friendliest member at Medalist? I mean, like giving hugs to everybody, just setting up golf games with members, and like he's just he's just everything you hope a professional golfer would be. Um, and and I've seen him there you know, on two different occasions now. And he's been the same each time and he's endeared himself to that membership. And that membership's made up of some pretty powerful people. But he's just such a great young man. Uh, and it's pretty awesome to see. And was there a TW sighting? No TW sighting. Uh, yeah. We played through uh, Hudson Swafford and Peter Uline on the second day because they had a a little larger group than we had. Um, but that place is is just Shangri-La. <laughs> your, your, your annual trip uh, to Southeast Florida. A semi-annual. Oh, semi-annual. My, my yes. apologies. My yes. apologies. <laughs> Which... Did you play anywhere else? I actually, yeah, played... Um, the guys I went to, uh, Scotland and in England with last year, um, and such a good group of guys that were on that trip with the exception of this one dickweed. Um, but like these guys are all, they're some of the best senior players in the country, senior amateur players in the country. And we got together and played around at Avila in Tampa, um, with, my friend Brian, who who I went to school with, and then Paul Royak and Rick Herper. And I mean, like the the level of golf is just, 
you know, yeah. you, you kind of walk down the fairways and you're like, kind of taken for granted just how good the group is, you know? It's pretty awesome. That, that wouldn't be my golf trip, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> we, my golf trips are, uh, we're, we're, we just hope to get it airborne. We yeah. all have we all have different needs and likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, how was your uh, how was your, was your New Year's Eve, boys? Do anything exciting before we start looking back on twenty three? Just watch TV with the kids. The wife was out sleeping by eight thirty. <laughs> That's our normal New Year's. As promised, if you go on my social media, uh, you will see Santa did make an appearance. I worked my way through town, bringing joy and cheer to uh, the entire town. We kept stopping in from one bar restaurant to another. Uh, most comical of which, we we literally walked in the door into the top of my voice, which tends to be a little deep and carries. Uh, it goes something like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And everybody literally put down their forks. <laughs> I literally walked through the entire bar around the big circular bar and out the other side <laughs> without missing a beat as I'm handing out candy canes. <laughs> nice. I, I will I will say this following you on social media that you and the lovely Heather definitely are are into the celebrations. Well, you know what? She dressed as the Grinch. We figured it was a good it was a good setting to uh yeah. anyway. It was uh, it was good time, but let's talk about 2023. 2023 little look back i'm going to pose a couple of questions to you guys so question number one is who would be player of the year in your opinion that's a tough one i'd go with i'm gonna go with the with the golf writers nominated which was john rom um but that, but it's it, to me, with his fading off towards the end of the year, um, and then disappearing, his little disappearing act at the end, um, you can't take away what he did early in the year. I mean, he was incredible. But then you got you got Rory and uh, and Scotty, so it's a tough one. Andy, who would your vote be for? My player of the year. I don't know. I I I have a hard time wanting to say John Rom because he's left. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard it's hard not to say John Rom. Um well I am going to I'm going to go against both of you guys cuz I'm going to stand up for Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. He had statistically one of the best years ever except W's. Yeah. Mhm. Mm I, I mean, and, and except bees. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So yeah, so so we're gonna make this our version of the hot seat. We're just I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask a couple of questions. We'll go around and actually, listening audience, please chime in uh, also. But I Scott, I thought Scotty, my uh, stone cold assassin, except when he got onto the putting grades. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> yeah, could, could you imagine if he had just made one more putt per round? Crazy. And look, he went to see Phil Kenyon and started having immediate results. Like, if he gets that figured out, because he was god-awful 
like yippee. yeah like there were times where you could see his hands shaking or flinching on the club and it's amazing how good he is in spite of that well i was i was gonna say as bad as he was, Brian Harmon was that good at like the open championship, making everything from like eight to 10 feet or yeah. everybody buffs on Will Zalatoris and that, you know, his loopy loop putting stroke. And yet Scotty Zalatoris, I mean, I think Zalatoris putted sometimes better when back uh, at the open championship. Yeah. Well, statistically, the U.S. Open. Excuse me. He's fine statistically. Zalatoris. Zalatoris, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Scotty. Scotty, we're, I'm rooting for you because I think I think you deserve Player of the Year, and I I think this year if you get it figured out and then like Brendan said, if you make just one putt, one putt around, that's all we're asking. Yep. All right, yeah, that's, Andy. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, Andy, this it is a lot. This one's for you. Who had the best round of the year? Oh, mm. I got two. I got two selections. I I mean, I honestly, Brian Harmon's fourth round. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I mean, look, everybody, everybody looked at him like he was going to fold. And like a, like a cheap lawn chair. Yep. Right. And I remember he made an early bogey on. I don't know, maybe two or three, and then just absolutely just hung in there like the trooper of all troopers, and never once did he look like he wasn't going to win. That was that was without question. That was one of mine for that same reason. He just the grit that he showed down the stretch, journeyman, yeah. journeyman, and let's face it, career defining moment for him, and he s stood up and and delivered. Yeah. B, who's uh... so again? I I hate to say it because it's another live person. Bill Mickelson's final round at, at the Masters was pretty special. That was a good. Yeah. That's a good selection. I mean, I the guy when the when we were asking ourselves how would these guys do being the first major of the year, how these how these live guys would stand up to the the challenge and you get Kepka who's right up there on the leaderboard Mickelson they go two th they go top three those two guys well tied for second right so, and then Patrick Reed was in the mix too so look I am definitely not a live guy see my PGA tour hat I do see that <laughs> so, black uh, on black but man that that was a good round by Phil and I'm I actually, my, I said I had two. My second one's going to actually be Victor Hovland. He's been my boy since he came on tour. His 61 he threw up at the BMW yeah. was just impressive. I, I that, mean, I, 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 think, awesome. I think that for, for just a different, I think that was maybe the most, most solid round of the year. Harmon for just the perseverance. Those will be my, those will be my two choices. Yeah. And frankly, Hovland could very easily be my player of the year. That's a good point, too. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Certainly finished strongest. I mean, he was yep. right there. Yeah. All right. Last last one. B.E., we're going to bounce back to you. 
And I've been waiting on this one ever since I, I saw this. Uh, I saw this whole thing on social media, so I thought I'd throw it into the show. Uh, who had the shot of the year? Is there any one shot or either Andy, either one? You chime in because I know I'm hitting you out of left field with this. I, I can go first if you want, Brendan. As okay. long as you don't steal mine. So, uh, well, I'll I'll say two. So hopefully one of them's yours. <laughs> <laughs> so Rory's. Oh, he froze. How inappropriate that he froze at that very moment, B.E. So that means I'm going to go like ahead. A... No, you you froze. So you lost oh, your lost your chance. I'm going to come up Sorry. with the most. I'm going to come up with the most unusual choice of them all. Okay, Michael Block. Yes, uh, that was mine. Damn it, lovely Michael choice. Block, ace, magical moment, PGA Championship. I, I mean, just again, another guy in the magnitude of the moment. It was just his magical week. I. That's a that's a great call. Thank you. So, now, so, now since you're since you're on Frozen, you can come back and tell me who who are you trying to say. So mine is Rory's second shot into the 18th green at the Scottish Open. Um, oh, that was thick. It was it was head high. It was into a 20 mile an hour wind, and he just hit the most unbelievable low stinging two iron in there about eight feet or five feet from the hole. It was just unbelievable. So I'm going to say, to follow up on what you said, AD, Michael blocks up and down on 18, yeah. that same round, right. to get him into the, get him into next year's PGA Championship. That yeah. was, that was almost impossible. Right. Right. Well, and I, honorable, honorable mention. Yes. Rory's tee shot in the match play on the 18th hole where he drove it on the back of the green yep. from what 360 to an uphill green i'm gonna miss that event yeah it's a great I, hey I, it's a great venue oh there you go very nice well well played insert a perfect timing yeah ad i want to throw a question oh a little curveball all right each of you, your top, we'll say top three memorable moments of the year. Top three memorable moments of the of the golf year. Can I go first since I asked it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I need I need time. <laughs> uh, I loved Kurt Katayama's win at uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Okay. Um, uh, Ricky Fowler winning. Okay. And uh oh, um Canadian Open. God damn it. <laughs> you just final round of the Canadian Open. He just took mine. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a moment. All right, so one I'll give you one that stands out with me while I'm trying to think of another one. Is the look on Brooks's and Rom's face at Augusta due to slow play? Yeah. That's a memorable moment because yeah. they were freaking pissed. <laughs> that is a memorable moment. All right, I'm, I'm and top three is too hard, so I'm going to give you one. 
Okay. And it's Camilo Vajegas's victory. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, Definitely. At the end of the year, it was just like poetic. I mean, here, let me ask you this. I know we're obviously we're dudes. So we're, we focus on the PGA. Is there something on the LPGA that stands out? Um, well, there's a player that stands out. Uh, Rosang. Yeah. I mean, she, and she really didn't, she didn't have the breakthrough like ever the hype everybody was hyping her up but she's gonna be a solid solid player for for a lot of years but i was gonna say lillian view of view um her play was fantastic this year yeah and why, why were you shaking your head at me <laughs> because i think she's completely overhyped overhyped for really? what she's delivered so far so far okay yeah she was, and I said this on one of our shows, the week of the U.S. Women's Open, where it was one of her first few events, she was the favorite to win. And I'm like, no, she should not be the favorite to win the U.S. Open. She's just coming off her college career. So do I think she's going to be good? Yeah. But the, to be honest with you, the women's game is very enigmatic. I mean, it's like people come and go, superstars shine and they fall off and you just don't know why. And it's been going on like that for a long, long time. Um, so the women's game is tough. You know, you, you look at you look at like the Nelly quarters of the world who, you know, at certain times seem like, you know, nobody should ever beat her. And. Then all of a sudden she gets injured. Now she's having trouble like contending, you know? Do you I'm trying to think of why the the why factor. Why do why do they come on come and go? Why do they drop off? Why do they I mean, I was having the conversation today, and you know, we we've we've said, you know, Bobby was here this evening, you're literally one swing. You're one swing away from finding it or one swing away from losing it. Yeah, is, that was a Max Homa quote I read today. I mean, is that is that the case? Well, I, I don't think it should be any more the case in women's golf than it is in men's. But it just seems like, like women's stars come and go more easily than men's stars do. And I don't know why. Could it be? Could it possibly be? that their careers are shorter for a lot of them because they choose at some point to have families and, and kind of go that route. Yeah. Certainly people like Lorena Ochoa. Right. Did that. Jessica, and Jessica Corda. Jessica's doing it now. And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of cases of that. So yeah, maybe that, that plays a little part in it. an interesting question because i know we talked at length about annika last week and i mean she waited till basically later in her career she yeah she yeah. had her amazing incredible career and waited a little later in her career to to walk away from the game have a family now she has the, the most amazing incredible offspring absolutely <laughs> there's a moment for the year there is definitely a moment for the year yes. without question all right so 
any final thoughts on 23 or can we shut can we shut that book and bid it adieu? Well, I would like to add one more thought, our final thoughts on the saga that has been top of the news for the last couple of years. Was there and, something going on recently in golf? And where we kind of think it's going as we get into the new year. Oh. Would this have anything to do with Rory? And I, I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna light I'm gonna <laughs> light Andy up on this one. Like a Where, Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, does yeah. this have anything to do with Rory stating that maybe he overreacted about the live thing? Is that how he said it, Andy? No, but that's the way it's being portrayed, and people are looking for clicks and views by saying Rory's changing his mind about live which is complete BS. All he said was that in hindsight, he thinks he overreacted in his judgment towards some of the players that left because in his words, not every player was in the same situation as he and Tiger financially. Right. So I think that's a very fair thing to say. Um, and it has absolutely zero to deal with zero to do with his assessment of live. I agree with that. So what do you think happens in 2020? Let's move to start to watch this transition. What happens in 24 B? Do they start to figure their shit out? Well, they're going to have to, because if they don't, and that's why I'm wearing the black version of the PGA tour hat. Is, 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 that, I hope is, this... that, is that mean the death of the tour? Are you symbol symbol symbol? What, is, what am I trying to say? Symbolically, thank you wearing <laughs> this because I do have a white version of the same hat. But I'm that's why that's why one of you is a writer and one of you is a is a talk show host. Yeah, well, the talk the talk show guy couldn't even get the word out. So <laughs> I'm afraid for the tour, and I think someone somebody had mentioned that last week or our last show that that was one of the comments from I think you were talking about it, Andy. One of the tour guys was on, on another podcast or something, but there there's a lot of guys that are afraid if something doesn't get worked out, that there could be a mass exodus um, of, of these like middle of the road guy, maybe not even just middle of the road guys. Just, I mean, there's, you can't mass, fault. You can't fault people. Exodus to where? If they're keeping their limited 48 player fields. Exactly. Where are they going exactly. to? Do you think they turn anybody away? Like if it meant winning this battle. Winning the, between... winning the war? Yes. Well, they they would de they definitely have turned people away. But if you're John talking Daly. about would they turn <laughs> away the right people? Probably not. But but I I also believe that they would not turn them away, but they'd kick someone else out on their ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. if a Hovland or a Homa or a JT yeah. or somebody like that were to call up and say, "Greg, you know, I've had it wrong the whole time. I want to come over. What can you do for me?" Look, there's still if you look at Liv's players, the vast majority of them could not play on the PGA Tour still. True. Yeah. I hate to pick, don't want to pick on Poulter, but I mean. Is but he there is, 
meaning there is room for, you know, other star players. They right. just boot out someone else. Better not be Ogletree. I was just going to say that. No, that was the biggest signing of 2023. It, it was by far the biggest <laughs> signing in 2023. <laughs> Who cares about $700 million baseball contracts? That was the biggest sports news of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what was cool? I read the other day that that John Rahm's signing contract was more than all the revenue that Liv made for the year. Oh, easy. Yeah. All the revenue. Well, so they, forget, they, they didn't were, even they make giving, enough to were, cover I one I think they were player. doing $10 and free tickets at Bedminster for, for the event. Uh, how the many $10 tickets does it take to get to $450 million? <laughs> <laughs> so let's see there's zero i'm not good at math so <laughs> it, it still remained the most dominant story uh in 24 obviously i do hope they figure something out i'm not a live guy either i think it's silly I, I, again i, I like I, I said the other week i, I like the i like the team thing a little bit it's Maybe like you had the suggestion, Andy. Maybe it's a whole second season, but I don't think they want. I don't think the the Saudis want the second season. I want they. I think they want it all. I I don't believe that. I think they just want to be part of it. I mean, if you look at what they've done in other sports, I I would say that that's probably more the case. They just want to have their hands in everything they possibly can sports wise um from formula one to who knows what we see next tennis well, they, they own they own newcastle united right? right that's just one premier league team and you know yasser is happy as a pig to to be involved in premier league soccer right or football whatever you want to call it and what happens you know when they get an olympic bid because they will It'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, without question. Hmm. So 24. We last year we tossed about. I don't think any of us hit. I didn't even bother listening to it. I'm not gonna lie. Did anybody come close on these predictions? Do you, do you, I know none of mine did. I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> So, Andy, we're going to go around. We'll make it rapid fire. Round the table, starting with you, Augusta National. Who wins? You're starting with me? Yeah. Because I was the frozen man again there for a second. But um, <laughs> I say Rory wins. I'm sure I said Rory last year. I'm I going Rory you. again this year. I think I said Rory last year, too. Rory as well. Clean sweep. Yep. We're gonna make this um, really we're gonna make this boring selections if we keep doing this. Be Rory's winning the Grand Slam this year. <laughs> I I actually think Rory too, and it's because I think he's gonna put a priority back on his game and not worry about the noise and the media and any of that. Um, and the first step was that was him stepping down from the policy board. Yep, I think he's. I think he's been doing some work behind the scenes on what's going on up here and talking to a lot of people on what he needs to do to get back on track. 
How about not the PGA? Uh, Valhalla. Valhalla. Out there next to Bobby. We're going to have to yeah. go see Bobby. We're going to have to go see Bobby. We'll, we'll post up. and Bo- We'll tell Bobby that we're coming to post up. We'll, we'll, drink, we'll drink Woodford the, by the fire pit, and we'll go to the PGA Championship. J.B. Holmes and Kenny Perry are out. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Russ Cochran. <laughs> Is he a Kentucky guy? Yeah. He is a Kentucky guy. I'm gonna I'll go first. I think Brooks will defend. What? Seriously? Yep. What you act what? like that's a crazy statement, Alan? No, Come I on. don't think it's a crazy statement, but I just I was thinking of Valhalla as more of a uh, I don't know. I was thinking of more of a I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this guy. I'm gonna go with JT. I, I think that's, pure that's a good pick too. crazy. Why is that crazy? Just because you made fun of Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> My pick is Victor for the BGA. That's crazy. He's ready. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> he's he's ready. Uh Pinehurst. Pinehurst hosting the 24. When I was there, by the way. Merchandise is all the merch is already up. Hmm. I'll go first for this one. Who won it last time there? At Pinehurst? Yeah. Who was that? Wasn't it Martin Keimer? Uh, he's probably not playing. I or think was there, there was one? one there was one after Keimer. Um okay. Yeah, but Keimer, Keimer was definitely the one when they after they made the the, the change to the to the course. Yeah, Keimer blew everybody out. I'm going Max Homa. Hmm. Hold on. I gotta look here. You know, I got I got Hovland, Homa. I think the next one for the next major is gonna be Hydorn. I say That might suit Scotty pretty good. I say Scotty, the U.S. Open. Scotty Scheffler is uh, newfound putting stroke or not is not getting it done on those greens. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I say he was crazy. I just said it's not getting it done. Okay, uh, then I'll take it. I'll take it back. Harris English. No, just kidding. <laughs> Let's see. Got to be a good putter. Pinehurst. Fast and firm. Ricky Fowler. Hmm. That would be good to see a, a major for him. Okay, Alan, you go first for the Open Championship. Well, as much as I'd like to say Brian Harmon to repeat, I don't believe that's going to be the case. Uh, I do think it is going to be John Rom. I was going to say Victor Hovland, but John Rom, Royal Troon. Andy, you have inside knowledge because you played it. Yes. Did you ever find your? Did you ever find your nine iron? No, I did not. 
I have the shaft in the grip, but the head, no. It's it's in the gorse bushes on the eleventh <clears throat> hole, left side. B uh, finishes finishes out. Colin Morikawa. He'll get his second open championship. Good pick. And I'm I'm picking Rory to win his second major of the year. Ooh. Like that. Nice. Good call. All right, AD, here's one more for me. Another curveball. Okay. Who will who will win the FedEx Cup this year? Scotty Chaplin. Um I say Victor. Victor again. And I'll say Homa. Homa's going to have a breakout I'm gonna year. I was going to say, Homa's going to have a breakout year in your books. Yep. Okay. And then we're going to wrap up 24's predictions. You said you, or is it, are we saving that to the end, B? We can save that to the end. Okay. Then let's roll into Andy and his caddies. And you had a, we, we were having crazy stories before we hit record. We started talking about caddies. And if you've not had, had an opportunity, folks, to play with a caddy, you need to play with a caddy. Because, yeah, you see the guys on tour, the fluffs of the world and the bones of the world. You're not getting that at some of these clubs. <laughs> you get some characters. So I'm going to tell a story. And I played Pine Valley a number of years ago. Had had the pleasure of playing Pine Valley. And I got big country. And if, you're, if big country is listening to us, I had a great time. But Big Country was just that. He's like six foot five, big old boy. <laughs> I talk with a little Southern accent. And we get to number 10. And anybody that's played Pine Valley or knows Pine Valley, number 10 is Devil's Asshole. So the little par three. And I, by the way, Andy, I had already hit it on the green. Just want to <laughs> let you know that. That's I need to tell you that for part first. I'd already hit it on the green. It's the only green in regulation I might have had all day, but as we walk, approach the putting surface, he goes, Big Country looks at me and goes, yeah, you want to hit a ball out of devil's asshole? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> so he throws a ball at the top. It rolls down, rolls back and forth. And th this this little pop bunker, short right of, on number 10, is, I mean, I'm trying to guess maybe like eight feet across. There's not a lot of room in this bunker. And you're probably 15 feet below the surface. He goes, all right, I want you to do exactly what I want you to do. You do exactly what I say here. I said, yes, sir. He hands me a five wood. He goes, I want you to hit the shit out of this ball. <laughs> and I serious? do. Serious, swear to God. And I do. And matter of fact, I saw something like this on social media today with, with some guy that was playing a stack sod face bunker. Um, I hit the living hell out of this thing uh, with my 69 degree shoulder turn and it hits the space. It amps straight in the air, 20 feet straight up, lands dead in the middle of the green. 10 footer no from way. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. So there you go. That's one of my, I've, I mean, I have got a couple other good funny stories, but caddies. Yeah, so we were talking about this before we started recording today and how, you know, we, we were lucky enough to have John Wood from NBC on who's been a tour caddy forever. And um, we know that there's clubs out there that have kid caddy programs. You know, certainly that we met 
in the Jay Wood Platt and the Evans, um, you know, in Boston, Philly, and in uh, the Chicago area. But there are some some places to play golf around this country and around other parts of the world too that have these quote unquote professional caddies that caddy for regular Joes, and it is such a unique group of individuals. Um, there's characters, there's people who are somewhat degenerates and, um, but they have to deal with the general golfing public. Right. Um, and it's so funny. And we are, as we were talking before the show went on, we are going to get a couple of these guys to come on the show because it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting and some priceless, um, you know, kind of stories and banter, but I have a great story. We were at Kiowa, um, so funny i'm playing with this this guy who was um the irish boys runner up so the which is basically the irish junior championship right. he was a runner up um when he was younger and we're on the first hole and he says to his caddy he goes okay what do i have in and his caddy goes play it like 175 and he goes well what's my yardage what's the distance he goes play a 175 shot. And Peter looks at him, he goes, listen, motherfucker. He goes, when I ask you what the yardage is, you tell me what the yardage is and I'll figure out the rest. Wow. <laughs> it was classic, like setting the stage. But but the, the main point of that is that these guys are out there managing regular joe golfers golf games so making sure they hit enough club making sure they play enough break and doing all these things but when you run into someone like my buddy peter you know he, he wants the yardage uh, what, I, <laughs> what i find impressive to be about them you guys that do this for you know for a living is they have to figure out their player fast quickly, quickly. Yeah. yep you know that's a and that's an art just to understand i mean maybe they'll ask some leading questions how far do you normally hit this or how far do you feel like you normally hit that so they can start to gauge off of that but you know i've always the, the inevitable one is andy they always ask me if i need need any help reading the greens no thank you <laughs> i thought they were I, go ahead brendan no, I was just going to say, I thought after watching AD on the range or something that they might offer to stretch him out a little bit so he can get a little bit bigger shoulder turn. <laughs> Sorry, AD. It was a softball. That was a beach ball, not a softball. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think that is, and I've heard many people be very critical of their caddies like like when we were in in the uk last year um and the lucky times i've had to go play like whistling straits and bannon and and uh pinehurst and kiwa and places like that and people get critical of their caddies pebble um and for me like i'm never going to be critical if if the guy points me in the wrong direction that's one thing but I don't ever expect that a caddy is going to give me, you know, the wisdom or the advice to make or break my golf game. 
Um, but there are a lot of people who feel that way. And a lot of people feel like when they're out there with one of these caddies at one of these places, that it's truly, you know, a big variable in whether they have a good day or not. I mean, yeah. I know that when I walk on the first tee, I expect bagger fucking Vance with me. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. I say, I say, Mister Juna. <laughs> well, what kind of spearheaded our conversation before we started recording was my brother just went out to Bandon with with a buddy of his and and his son, um, and they played all the courses out there. And you know, my brother, I mean, he he was a stick when we were in high school. He was pretty good hit the shit out of the ball back then. Um, but he's had a knee replacement and a hip hip issues, all kinds of stuff. And um he just doesn't play much, but he goes out there and low round of 81 and his worst round was 87 or 88. And he said the whole experience other than walking four rounds of golf, which almost killed him. Um he said the the whole caddy thing was just absolutely one of the best things um, he's ever done. But I, well, the one thing about caddies that I wanted to share real quick is I have a, every year I go to Augusta, I have this ritual that I do. And during the practice rounds, I sit on the far end of the bleachers right by that little caddy building, just so I can kind of just watch the guys and how they interact with the players and, and things they talk about. And it's, it's just because, you know, the caddy, the Augusta caddies are there. A lot of the Augusta caddies, and it's just, it's just so cool to see the tradition of that and and the whole building locker room type situation that they built off of that new range. Um, it's just really cool to watch. Yeah, it is awesome for sure. It, 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 uh, here's what I would say: is I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll Describe myself as I'm not a fast player. I'm not a slow player. I don't think. Maybe people think I am. But I find that when I'm playing with a caddy, I actually feel like I'm running a lot of times because they're keeping a pace. They're keeping pace, and you're walking straight to your ball. They're worrying about all the other minutia. And if anything, it gets me sometimes out of my game a little bit. What game I have left? Because, but because we're playing so quick, like Kiowa. We flew around Kiowa. I mean, we're done in like three hours and 30 minutes. I think that's their part of what their focus is, right? To move people along. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, especially at places like Kiowa and Pinehurst and Pebble, where, you know, their whole value proposition is built on not having six hour rounds of golf. Mm -hmm. um, so it is kind of one of their main focuses to do that. But at a place like Medalist, where it's more probably just more worried about the experience than it is necessarily and and the golfer's enjoyment. I mean, I would I would agree with that. Medalist probably does have is more about the experience, right, Andy? Yeah. So what I what I was trying to say there was what happens is people end up having way more conversations about every shot where you wouldn't necessarily do it. So, and, and to me, that slows people down and not to go too far off topic, but like, there's a reason why scrambles take six hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because it's a four person conversation for every shot. Right. And, and that's just the weird dynamic of, of 
caddies in you know in in this other case scrambles too but you know having that that conversation about every shot gets to be a little bit too much so you've obviously played with a caddy a lot uh i've i have one resort playing be yourself how about uh two times at the the ritz carlton right uh, the... what's your worst caddy experience both of mine were great so i i got a bell you have you abstained from said some said question yep andy yeah and I, I would say that i don't have a worse one because i don't need a caddy to do anything honestly I, I don't need them to read the greens. I like when they help and they're good at it. I don't need them to really do anything. So if 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 my happiness on the golf course is not tethered to whether my caddy is good or not, which it isn't, then I haven't really had a bad experience. My personally is uh, I, I go back almost 35 years. Andy, you know, actually you guys both know him, but you played with him, Andy. Mike Carmel caddied for me at the Autumn Invitational, and after we got drunk after the first day of play, he quit <laughs> me. <laughs> Would you consider that a bad experience or a good one? <laughs> well, I, I chopped it up like a Japanese steakhouse the first day, so the second day he's like, no moss, I'm done. <laughs> I, I would say that that's probably more in the the kind of your court than his. <laughs> All right, guys. You picked him. I yeah, I did. Stuck with him. Eighteenth <laughs> uh, <laughs> hole, new re New Year's resolution. New eighteenth hole, New Year's resolution. Bren, you asked the question. Go for it. Is it just one? No. Um, more, more than zero, less than three. Well, as you how guys... much self improvement you got. Yeah, <laughs> as, as you guys know, 23 started off rough for me with uh, some mental health things and progress progressively got better as the year went on. Um, but I, I just want to, again, like most people talk about in January, I just want to focus on, you know, feeling better, um, definitely getting out on the golf course. 2023 was probably the least amount of golf I've played in my entire life. And, you know, I. Honestly, with my brother so psyched up and me living on every text message and picture from Vanden, I got a little excited about got juiced. him coming back. And I said, four o'clock every Sunday after my last lesson, you're going to come over and I'm going to help you get down to, you know, mid single digit where I think you should be. So that could get me and him back playing together, which would be incredible. Incredible. That's awesome. So that's that's kind of what where my hopes are. Good resolutions, yeah. Andy. Okay, mine. Um, my my one kind of basic resolution. I started doing this just in the last month of uh, 2023. Was I started walking and carrying my bag again, and like for me. I had five surgeries on my ankle. I had a complete ankle replacement. So I literally couldn't walk a golf course. But I'm kind of past that. And, and it's it's not in great shape, but it's enough where I've been walking and really enjoying the experience of walking. I hate push carts. Like they're 
awful. I love to strap the bag on my shoulders and, and go walk. Uh, it's a great thing. And until it gets really too hot to do that in Texas this summer, I'm going to walk every chance I get. Um, my second resolution is simply to have a better year playing golf than I had last year. Cause last year was a disaster for me. I got down the rabbit hole and, you know, really started to, to tear things apart and experiment too much. And it was, it was awful. Um, so at the end of this year, I, I kind of boiled it down, isolated a couple things, been focusing on that stuff for a while. And I'm going to stay on that kind of straight and narrow focus path. And that's going to be kind of how I approach my game for 2024. Personally, 2024, 2024 is hopefully going to be a very big year for, for me. Uh, 2024, I, I, I'm getting married formally. We finally, oh, congratulations. After, after many, many years of, uh, of engagement, I finally, I, I did this cheesy, got down on one knee kind of thing, bought her my ring and presented her with my ring, my wedding band and said, you know, well, can we finally set a date? So we are setting a date. So that's important. Congratulations. Going to be a grandfather, as you guys know. Okay. Uh, golf, golf wise, I'm going to stretch. <laughs> Andy's that's not, awesome. Andy, Andy, Andy couldn't even keep a straight face, Brendan. Hey, Brendan's the one that was giggling. I was just smiling. <laughs> I'm going to stretch. I think that's a great goal. A great goal. I, well, you asked me when once on the hot seat, what do I think the key is to longevity and playing this game? And and honestly, I still believe it. I believe flexibility. Yeah. So calisthenics, doing some stretching, and try to get out and play a little golf. I just I yeah, and and do this for yourself too. Part of it's stretching, but the other part of it is making sure you're turning your lower body. Yeah, that doesn't happen. I mean, so many times people that don't get the club back far enough. Most of the problem is in their lack of lower body turn. So you're talking to a guy that was once known as swing and sway the duper way. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was on brother, I was on. Yeah. And right now we're going off. So yeah. everyone have a great week. We'll see you next week. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.